So, John, what superpower do you wish you had? But it's 16-year-old pre-confidence you. So is this the superpower that I wish 16-year-old me had had? Mm, yes. Or the superpower that I think 16-year-old me would have wanted? Uh, w- wanted. Well, okay, so yeah. that's a very different question. I feel <laughs> well, like... both then. I feel like, unfortunately, 16-year-old me would probably have wanted to be invisible or something. Oh. I know, I was thinking that was a right creep. I was like... <laughs> I would totally have been the Dane DeHaan character in this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would have defaulted to evil very quickly. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry. Joining me, as always, is John. Hello. And we've got a guest on this week. It's one of our Patreon episodes. Hello, yes. So we've got, uh, we've got Lee on. Hello, Lee. What's going on, everyone? Well, we're all good on this end. Uh, so Lee's got up very early in the morning from... Uh, whereabouts are you, Lee? Where are you recording from? Ah, uh, the good old Midwest of America. Oof. Oof. What time is it there? Ah, uh, seven. Oh, that's not too bad. When was the last time you were up at 7am? I was awake at 7am this morning, I will have oh, you know. Fair enough, touche, touche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, Lee, you are a first time a guest on the show, so welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good, we're glad to have you. And uh, what film have you brought for us today? I have brought... You see, with your show, you have to pick something that doesn't have a sequel, mm-hmm. or a prequel, or a spinoff. And many of the movies I like do... So, so you have to dig in deep, and I've come with the uh, 2012 film Chronicle. It's a good choice. This one's been on my list for a while, actually, to do. So, have you uh, seen this before? No, I've not. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I'd never seen this before, and I had no idea what it was. So, I really like watching a film blind. So, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching this with no idea where it was going to go at all, and I didn't expect it to go the direction it went in. In yeah. the slightest. So. I had some vague idea. Like I knew superpowers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. And then when it started off, and I saw that it was all the all just through cameras and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, I, did, I don't remember hearing it. it was kind of a found footage sort of thing, but yeah. Mm. yeah. Height of the found footage era. Yeah. Yeah. So what, other than the fact that it doesn't have a sequel, why did you choose this particular film, Lee? It's just, it's one of those films that kind of sticks out as something that does the found footage trope well. And it's mm-hmm. also just an interesting movie with, with good characters and a, a good plot overall. I mean, it, it, Given the world and the uh, the beats that it hits, it could have gone either really bad or as good as it does. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that a, I guess, a genre film, a superhero found footage genre film, doesn't feel quite like it belongs in that category. It feels really, it's it's a character-driven film. And that's, I think, the biggest highlight of the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One thing that I find very refreshing about this film was that it was a film about superpowers, kind of, where no one knows what superpowers are. No. Like, it's not like there's yeah. a, one of them reads comic books and so they know everything. Yeah, nobody says, oh, I'm Spider-Man or I'm Superman, do they? Like, they never, yeah. like, address... Well, no like... one really refers to them as superpowers or, no, no, or no. says they're going to become superheroes. Like, it's no. just not a concept people have. And I I like that. It was yeah. 
It was new. Well, they were so blasé yeah. about it. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> there were times where they're like doing their superpowers in the middle of like in broad daylight in public. I'm like, people are going to see. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, the bit in the car park where they moved the woman's car. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. It was very much like what if the most typical teenage boys, but not like Marvel movie teenage boys who mm. are like a grown up worshipping. Yeah, not, not Peter Parker. Not Peter Parker, but what if like really typical teenage boys. And also teenage boys in like a PG-13 movie, you know, mm. a movie that's allowed where they're allowed to swear and just be horny little toe rags, which mm-hmm. is basically what they are. Yeah. So I feel like they behave in ways that are very authentically teenage in that way. Yes, yes, they do. Almost embarrassingly so. Oh, totally. I was yeah. cringing. <laughs> a lot of it, but in a, in a really, in a way that I've appreciated. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of that too is a credit of, of the cast. I mean, between mm. Michael B. Jordan, Dane DeHaan, and I mean... The other guy. The other guy. Whoever, <laughs> yeah, the other guy. Basically, basically the other guy. Yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot. I mean... He, he gives a perfectly fine performance, but I think between Michael B. Jordan and Dane DeHaan, they really just, they take the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they absolutely really, do. They really sell that feeling of, I mean, growing up and just hanging out. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Was this the first thing both of them had really done that was got them attention, Michael B. Jordan and Dane DeHaan? Because I know they've both gone on to, obviously, Michael B. Jordan's huge now. Yeah. And Dane DeHaan's done other things as well, so... I think Dane DeHaan did uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think in the same year as this. Oh, really? Okay. You know, that film that did so well. Does he um, play... Am I right in thinking... I've not seen it. Am I right in thinking he plays Spider-Man's emo friend, the one who James... Harry Frank, Osborn. Yeah. Harry Osborn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, that, he, that makes he, sense. He plays James Franco. Okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Dane DeHaan... Oh, sorry, I just did him. Uh, Michael B. Jordan went on from this, and the director of this, they went on to do Fantastic Four. Oh, well, that's, so that's the thing, yeah. But luckily, Michael B. Jordan also went on to do Creed. Yeah. With uh, yeah. director of Black Panther, I forgot his name, Ryan Coogler. Well, that's the thing. I was watching this and, again, knowing nothing. Mm. And I was and as it kind of wrapped up, I thought, I bet the director of this went on to do some really good comic book movies afterwards. I bet he's, like, in the MCU somewhere. Yeah. Maybe one of the better DC films. Then I was like, ooh, he did Fantastic Four, the worst one. And then he got fired from Star Force Wars. Awakens, yeah? Was yeah. No, it was The Last Jedi. It was, was going to be The Last his. Jedi. So, ooh, yeah. yeah. He had Boba Fett was what he was going to do. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's right. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. I knew it was something, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate. I mean, mm. as far as I know from that Fantastic Four film, it was nothing to do with the director. Okay. The reasons why that film was so terrible. Mm-hmm. Apparently it was yeah. all all the studio meddling, ridiculously mm-hmm. so. Like they had to reshoot over two thirds of it. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot that for a, a film. Yeah. And it still and, and it, it, still and it pretty much spent its budget by that point. Yeah. So mm. yeah, there was a lot of that. A lot of things were cut from that film so the story just didn't make any sense at all mm-hmm. and that's just the studio doing that the dire- like apparently the director even got locked out of the editing room at times mm-hmm. well that's never a good sign no it's not <laughs> and like at that point the director can't be blamed so well unless you've got i'm not not to default to blaming the director but i guess maybe not everyone's suited cut out to working with within that very strict studio system like you know sure i mean yeah it wouldn't have happened to the spielberg no exactly yeah. but uh Still, it can't all be blamed on Josh Trank. No, no, I'm not here to blame Josh Trank because this is obviously a good movie. Obviously, he's capable of making good movies. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Telekinesis. Yes, do tell. The ability to move, lift, vibrate. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Spin, bend, break, or impact objects through the direct influence of mental power or other non-physical means. Sounds familiar. Does sound very familiar. Yes, You want to see direct influence? Andrew. Oh, my God.
She's wearing black today. Hi. That's direct info. Lee, do you want to kick us off with a little pl plot summary of like what this movie is actually about? Yeah. So we start off with uh, Andrew, played by Dane DeHaan, mm -hmm. and it's just this depressingly relatable kid who's kind of uh, kind of on the uh, the outside of things. So he starts just recording his life, and uh, you see his mother. Uh, you find out she's dying from cancer, and his dad's kind of an alcoholic. So he's got not the best uh, home life either. An abusive um, alcoholic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's pretty bad, and I mean, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like he's, you see very quickly, he's got literally no friends. Mm -hmm. Well, he's got his cousin. Uh, they don't get on terribly. Well, they, they seem to get on alright. Like he seems to like tolerate him. Yeah, they sort of, they sort of tolerate each other until like they get superpowers, and then they and then yeah, that like, gives them a bit of a bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They obviously set him up as having a very like bad home life, but I was I, I appreciated the, the journey the film went on in a way because I've kind of seen that um, you know sad loner kid develop superpowers you know kind of film before. So mm -hmm. the fact yeah. that this took it in a different direction I thought was really clever. I mean we'll get to that towards the end of the film, but yeah, because there were times in the first ten minutes when I was like, well, yes, I can see why you you, you just you've got a horrible life, but also you are kind of a buzzkill and you are kind of bringing a lot of this up yourself. Like you are lugging around a giant video camera in a nightclub and you can't expect not to be picked on for that. So yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's just me being heartless. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's been picked on his entire life and he's thinking, well, I'm going to change things up. Yeah, sure. No, no. And like maybe the camera made no difference to the amount that he was bullied. Yeah, sure. But just like moments when like there's a, he's filming the cheerleaders and one of them comes over and says, can you stop that please? That's yeah. really creepy. And I was like, damn right it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you find out, Andrews, he's kind of on the outside. He's got his cousin, uh, Matt, and they, they, yeah, they hang out a bit. And so, eventually, they all end up going to this kind of rave party in, uh, mm. in some kind of warehouse outside the woods. And uh, then you, you're met by Steve, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan. Mm -hmm. and, He's running uh, for like class president or something. Like there's an election campaign going for him. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he. He's like the super popular kid, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's like the golden yeah. child, which is great. Yeah, football team and all that. He meets Andrew, and eventually they all head back into the woods uh, to find Matt. Uh, mm -hmm. And they see this this just hole in the ground making some weird noises, so they decide to go in and investigate it. So, but they go in it super recklessly. Like, yeah. they can't see the bottom. They have no idea how, how deep it is. Michael B. Jordan just full-on dives into it. Yeah. Well, see, at this point in the film, this is like maybe 10 minutes in, and, uh, you know, as you mentioned, this is, it's all found footage, so it's all being... We're all seeing it all from the perspective of uh, Dane DeHaan's character, Andrew, who's just filming everything with his old-fashioned video but it's camera. it's technically not even found footage, because, like, in films like Cloverfield, for example, that's footage that's literally been... Like it says at the start, this footage was found in what used to be known as Central Park. And you're like, oh, oh scary. Yeah. This one is more... Everything's shown through cameras. Yeah, you're right. It's, like, more, like, it's, more, it's more like searching, if you think about it, when that one's all shown on screen. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's a uh, fan footage, not the Because there's everything. There's all sort of CCTV stuff. and Yeah, true. But at this point, I it thought... Get, it, it gets tenuous as hell. It does, it does. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. But at this point, I kind of thought to myself, oh, I know where this film's going. This is going to be like super generic. Like, I really thought it was going to turn into like The Descent or something. When they jump into the hole, I was like, oh, so there's going to be monsters in the hole and the whole mm -hmm. film's going to be them running around in the dark being killed by these monsters. Mm -hmm. And then, so I was pleasantly surprised when it did not go that direction. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so so they go in and uh, as, as someone who was a teenager in America, just blindly jumping in a hole, <laughs> I mean that's pretty true. When when you get when you get 
bored. You're out in the woods. Hey, look, there's a hole. Let's go look. Let's investigate. Especially if you've got people around you that you're trying to be oh, confident yeah. in front of. Oh, yeah. Well, also, they were drinking in the movie, too, which mm. definitely sways their judgment. Mm-hmm. But so they go in. They see some weird, like, crystally things in a cavern. Definitely looks alien. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the last they see of the hole. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> they, it's nice because it's nice that they just introduce why something happens and never explain it because mm. um, it doesn't matter. It really could have got so bogged down in like in, in what that is and oh aliens invaded 50 years ago and this mm. is what they left behind or something like that and that's yeah. not what this film is about and that's no. that's great. Yeah I love a film that has the confidence to just not explain something that doesn't need explaining. Yeah and not even like so, at uh, the end of the film leave it open as in like I wonder what it could have been. Yeah. Just like it's just not addressed. That's not, well yeah that doesn't matter. It's not important it's not what this is. Yeah. At this point when they're all standing around this crystal thing and their noses start bleeding mm-hmm. well I've just recently watched all five episodes of Chernobyl <laughs> and so this is happening and I'm thinking they're all dead by the morning like they are going to have some bad cancer. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was the same. Like all the nosebleed stuff in the first like twenty minutes, I was like, "Go to the hospital!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But teenage boys, what are you gonna do? Yeah, we're invincible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after this point, it, it cuts to a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. and uh, they're recording themselves uh, developing these these uh, telekinetic powers they have. But just like earlier, when they use it too much, their nose starts to bleed. It's kind of a, a mechanic we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in movies and, and media before. Yeah, yeah. So so after a while, they just spend a good third of the movie, maybe, just doing different things to test out their powers and, and kind of hone them. And some sketchy CGI ensues. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> yes. Try to figure that out. Plenty um, of. I found this part of the movie really fun, though. Just the, the fact that they spent so much time just hanging out, just being obnoxious. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I said, just doing all the pranks. Just like throwing the, throwing the ball, building the Lego. I love those bits. Yeah. The bit when they started, like, bullying the bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was like, yeah. oh, God, you just pulled out his teeth. Oh, God. Oh, no, that's later on. That's when it gets super dark. Mm. But, yeah, they don't do that straight away. No. At first, they're just like, yeah. They're bullying that poor waitress. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was so mean. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and you know, blowing the scale skirts up and just just being gross teenage boys in mm-hmm. in so many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys, here she comes, here she comes. Steve, don't look. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> she can't find me. She thinks it's stolen. She has no she idea. Stolen. <laughs> yes, it was the black guy this time. <laughs> I could have sworn it was right here. Where's my car? <laughs> Ignore us. We're just. Mormons. So, so basically, it's it's generic telekinesis. Um, they can fly as well, and mm. yeah, I think that's about the extent of their powers. Um, they can fly. They're super strong, aren't they? Well, it, one of them is definitely super. Strong. Yeah, like. I don't know if they're strong or if, like, they're just sort of immune to stuff. Well, there's a the bit where he gets... Uh, stabbed by a fork. Stabbed by a fork, yeah. So he, they definitely have... Oh, so that's in that scene. Um, he's saying you just got to, like, imagine a force field around your hand. So that's them using the telekinesis to block it. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. I see, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, this kind of culminates into uh, to them really becoming good friends. And so Steve encourages andrew to uh 
to use his powers in, in the school talent show. He thinks it would be good for him to, to kind of get some exposure, to get some more, I guess, popularity, and then maybe he won't feel as so much as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Now, this is um, where I had took some issue with the, the film. This, this was a major plot point for me, because um, okay. they, they figure out that Andrew, well, Andrew admits, shockingly, that he's a virgin. Um, <laughs> so, so then they're like, oh, you know, let, let's figure out a plan that's going to make you really cool. And then uh, they do that by putting on a magic show. Mm-hmm. No teenager in the history of all of high school has ever won over a hostile teen crowd for the, by being really good at magic. That's, yeah. That is not a thing. No. <laughs> now, in their defense, if I were to see the stuff that happened in the movie in person, hmm? I'd be pretty impressed. Oh, so, yeah, certainly. That, 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 was a, that was a great yeah. talent show. That yeah. looked really good. And, like, mm-hmm. not just the actual magic in it like they had good sort of on-stage presence both of yeah, them yeah they had a little pen and teller routine going yeah, I liked it. It, yeah. it worked well I'm not criticising the magic I'm just saying you know I, I knew magician kids when I was growing up you know that they were never the cool kids no matter how good they no, were at no, juggling no, no. <laughs> no you think though that they would have gone with uh, some tricks a little more explainable regardless of their means of doing it because, <laughs> like, well it just like juggling the ball and making it just float in the air it's like oh man how, how'd you do that guys mm-hmm. strings well we use strings yeah but that, that, that's that, that's guessable look you've just guessed that there so the crowd would be able to guess like oh they must have done it somehow with strings but like that's still really good but also yeah. remember this is a universe where superheroes have never been a thing that anyone's thought about so they're probably not thinking like better keep our identity secret yeah it's clearly not They're probably just like, on. hey, look at this amazing party trick that I can do. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like the, uh, I don't know, the suspense of disbelief there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, eh, it's, it's just, it seems like a touch too far. Like someone would post that on the internet and he'd yeah. definitely be getting knocks on the door. Also, you never see a teacher in this film at all. Not <laughs> you once. Don't do you? <laughs> I, I, I was like, surely the teachers who put together this talent show were like, so what are you planning to do? Who, what's the yeah. insurance on this? Who do we, how are you doing this? How are you not going to hurt yourself? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, questions. But again, you know, this film very much glosses over things that don't matter. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. So, so basically after that, they get... I mean, he get he gets the popularity. They're at this this house party in a mansion. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a full on mansion. Why is there always is, a mansion in these small towns in America I've in got, these films? Lee, I've got to say, is this how Americans live? Because yeah. in films, this is all you have. Yeah, there's always the popular kid who lives oh. in a literal mansion. Yeah, <laughs> that's how Hollywood lives. Yeah. That's, <laughs> hey, my producer buddy said we can use this house to uh, save money on the uh, budget this yeah. weekend, and. It just really just. I mean, I wish I had a house like that. That'd be fine. Mm, yeah. So, so they're at this party and um. They're they're hanging out and. Andrew. It's a girl. Andrew impresses a thirty-five-year-old girl. <laughs> in a um, share wig. In a, in a share wig who goes to the same high school. Yeah. Um, he, he impresses her by being good at beer pong. Yeah. And that gets her into bed. Yeah. I genuinely thought, I'm not being cruel to whoever this actress was, I genuinely thought it was Juliette Lewis for a good five minutes. <laughs> I was like, well, what's she doing in this film? And then obviously it's not it's supposed to be some girl, you know, like, who's like 17 as opposed to 45. But Yeah, I looked her up. She's born in 1985. So okay. how old would she be? 
Well, when did this film come out? Uh, 2012. So it should have been 27 or something like that. Yeah. Which I guess is, uh, you know, it's at the upper end of, but you know, it's not the oldest you've seen. I too. mean, she's supposed to be 10 years younger than that. Yeah. And yeah. Like it's not university, it's high school. No, I, no, I immediately, I did think she was someone's mom. I really yeah. did. Like, it was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever he, uh, well, you know, he, he does, initially he pulls her, you know, they go, mm. up, they go upstairs and then... Oh, yeah, and then he just pukes on her. Which, uh, did you, did it read to you that he'd puked on her? No, not at all. I, I missed that. I thought he had done something else. Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought that he, uh, I thought that he just asked something that was Oh, weird, no, 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 because so. I, no, I saw, when he, when she runs out and says, oh, that's disgusting, and then Michael B. Jordan runs in, and he's sat in his underpants, mm. and then there's like these, I guess it's, it's there's puke stains all over the jacket, he's got all over my jacket, mm. but I don't know about something like the, I don't know, the colour or just my dirty mind, I thought he'd like prematurely, you mm. know, ejaculated and there was so much of it I was like well I guess he is a teenage boy and he's, it's his first time but also maybe he's, I thought oh has he got like alien spunk is that what you know has he got like superpowers <laughs> is that what's happening here like, is, he, <laughs> is that the next iteration of this but, and then it said it was just vomit I was like oh I went, my mind went to a different place yeah sure <laughs> well done sorry I, just, I have to speak my truth <laughs> mm, maybe we don't need to hear it though <laughs> okay you guys are getting ready to witness history, alright? Like a proud dad right now, because behind these doors, Andrew Depper becomes a man. <laughs> he's a little boy behind there, he's scared. He's like a butterfly getting ready to emerge from a cocoon or some shit like that. <laughs> Weirdo! Awful. Wait, what, what, what happened? Uh-huh. Okay. Is that, is I that need him? you out of my way now. Oh, man. Drew! Drew, it's, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Look, it happens to the best of us, okay? We had a little too much to drink. Oh, 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 oh buddy. <laughs> What's going on, dude? Why are you laughing? Oh, man, all over my jacket. Stop, no, no, stop cool. laughing. What are you talking about? It's cool, man. It's cool. No, it's not cool, Steve. It's... Stop. Stop what? It's cool, man. It's all right. We just get out of here. Get out! Drew, Drew. What's your problem? I, you think this is funny? No, no, I'm not laughing. Get out! So, yeah, so, so this causes Andrew to really just go into himself he's humiliated by it and i mean steve's in there trying to tell him it's okay but it's i mean to be 16 and have that happen nah mm, yeah nah, man it's over mm-hmm. and so yeah. is this so, what turns him into a supervillain? well that and his dad no, it's the... not necessarily it's just well like the... well like which, which bits he start like when does he talk to the spider when does, when, when does that the spider happens just immediately after the failed sex scene the okay. next thing you see after the party is him in his bedroom staring at the spider which he then kind of blows up which i mm. thought was a pretty cool effect yeah it looked fantastic it yeah. looked hor- horrific yeah yeah i felt really felt for the poor spider but yeah like, it was a good effect like mm. yeah. <laughs> well and, and all throughout the movie you get shots of i think him by himself Mm. testing himself with things kind of like the spider scene you can hear his dad yelling in the uh, background mm-hmm. and yeah it definitely builds yeah i don't think one the thing does a good job of building that up absolutely yeah. i don't think that one single thing turns him into no a villain. but like i was just wondering which point was the the first catalyst that kind of got it going sure well i think the first catalyst was the fact that you grew up in an abusive home like you know I mean, I could simplify. Well, yeah, with... true, but I didn't feel like he was going in a villainous direction until. Oh no, that it definitely takes a turn in, in, until that point. So I guess sure. that that night at the party was what sort of tipped him into that direction. Oh took, yeah, that's t- definitely took him on when, that path. Yeah, that's definitely when the film but takes its big It wasn't turn, difficult yeah. for him to no, go that way. He, was, he, he always, I think, he always has a bit of like an an, an, an incel kind of vibe yeah. to him. So yeah. also, he's not got the face for a hero. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, it's this, again, it's the casting spoiler. It's mm. like Dane DeHaan. I think they've tried to cast Dane DeHaan in heroic roles, and it's not really panned out. Like he was in that film, um, 
Oh, what was it that came out last year with Cara Devlin? It completely bombed. It was a sci-fi oh uh, Valerian. Valerian, yeah, yeah. I don't know if, he, if if he's the reason that film bombed. I'm sure he isn't, but like, well, they were pitching it as the new Avatar. Yeah, that's never a good sign. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think he he definitely has a face for villainy. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of not culminates, but uh, his dad has finally had. An, Enough to drink, enough whatever. I'm not going to justify what he does. <laughs> but, but I love the way you say it. Finally, he's finally had enough to drink. Yeah. I'm finally full. Yeah. <laughs> That's what alcoholics crave, just yeah, being just, full. Yeah, fridge. <laughs> They're just trying to get there. Yeah, just top themselves he's up. Had too, he's had too much to drink. He's had enough of, of Andrew's behavior, um, which is just basically typical teenage behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad's definitely in the wrong in this, but he... Uh, he he attacks. Uh, he doesn't attack. I guess he. he... They get into a physical altercation. Definitely, yeah, there's lots yeah, of shoving, exactly, and yeah. then yeah. And uh, Andrew over like he uses his powers to to knock him back, and that injures him. And it's so bad an attack that both uh, Steve and Matt's nose start to bleed after uh, he uses his power. Oh yeah, it just definitely shows how linked they are. Mm. Um, well, actually, I think you've missed a bit before that. What's going on with Steve? What 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 happened to him? I forget what happened to him that made him go up to the sky in, into the sky and be crying and stuff. No, it wasn't that. Didn't he sense that Andrew was? Yeah, that's. In oh, sorry, I thought it was the other guy. Oh, no, 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 my bad. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, Matt kind of ignores the uh, nosebleed, and then Steve um, goes to fly up in the middle of the storm to yeah. talk to uh, Andrew, where he's now. Matt's far too busy trying to get into bed with uh, not Kirsten Dunst with her distractingly perfect hair. <laughs> 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 So, so they're in the storm, and they're 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 just talking it out, and he's trying to Steve's trying to help Andrew, and uh, he just Andrew just gets too like frustrated, and then Steve gets struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he dies. Yes. And yeah. I had seen this movie probably just after it came out, but I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I forgot that that's what did it. So I was just fully expecting the next scene for him to be like, okay, nope. He's just gone. Well, I mean, because as that scene started when they're both up in the sky, like it was super. I find it super obvious that somebody was going to die. Well, they've already I, had one near-death experience in the sky. I don't know why they keep hanging out there. Yeah, like, yeah, like I wasn't sure if a plane was actually going to hit somebody. Somebody who was going to, you know, go through propeller of a plane or something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, when the lightning really started up, I was like, okay, someone's getting struck by lightning. Yeah, and then it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure, and I don't know if the film is actually specifically tells you. Was the lightning caused by Andrew or not? I feel like it's heavily implied that it was. Like it was an accident, yeah. Mm. but yeah, he got yeah he he got angry and his anger exploded and it caused the lightning to hit Steve. I, that was how I read into it. Mm. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, just being in the sky in the middle of a lightning storm. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. worst idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was kind of sort of daydreaming a little bit, just like, what if a plane hit them? But you know, like the fork, they're fine. They put the force field up or something. Just naturally, yeah. like instinctually, and then the plane just crashes out of the sky and all those people die. Like that would be a bit of a a bit of a twist. Like shit, we just killed eighty people. Oh well, he's already killed that guy. We forgot that bit. He killed the or did, or did he die or he, he nearly killed the guy in the car? Remember earlier in the film, he drives the car oh. off the road. Oh yeah, so he's yeah, already yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. That mm. is the turning point. Yes. Um, mm. Is yeah, that after? Is that. is that after the failed sex scene with Juliet Lewis, or that's beforehand? I think. That's beforehand. Okay, so there's yeah. definitely signs already that 
he's taking it. Yeah, that's it. Because they're all doing all these pranks, aren't they? Like, you know, they're, you know, being, being kind of douchey, blowing the girl skirts up and moving people's cars. And it's all kind of, you know, essentially harmless. Mm. And then, yeah, and then it's, you can see it's, it's Andrew who takes it that little bit too far. Well, a lot too far mm. when he just swipes a car off the road and mm. either kills or almost kills a man. I can't just remember. Just almost kills Almost kills a man. Yeah, I think he's put, put in hospital. Yeah. I mean, I've got the impression he, he didn't mean for the car to, like, go right off the road and down a ditch. No, no, no. I not think he all. just meant to sort of make it swerve and, yeah. you know, perhaps hit the crash barrier or something. That crash barrier did fuck all. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may as well not have been there. <laughs> uh, well, that's America for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think it's... Sorry, I'm joking. I feel like, yeah, Andrew's the one who always takes it a bit too far. Not necessarily that he's instantly a villain but like he yeah i don't think one of the other two guys would have done that necessarily they would have had a bit more responsibility so, yeah yeah anyway yeah, but I, I i find that almost relatable we all we all know that one person that doesn't know when the joke ends oh yeah or, i don't know anybody yeah, like that <laughs> are you thinking about me or you <laughs> <laughs> me yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna say if you don't know who that person is it's you yeah <laughs> I keep going back to it, but that's the the driving force behind the movie is just the the character explora- exploration exploration of these uh, teenage boys, and it's it seems very true to uh, I mean not that anyone can develop telekinetic powers, but <laughs> mm. it just seems outside of that it seems really kind of true to life. Yeah, definitely. So so Steve's dead. They uh, they have a funeral, and Andrew tries to talk to Matt, and. Andrew says it wasn't his fault, and Matt kind of insinuates that it it was. Um, and then Andrew sort of Andrew just flies off, and then just gets mm-hmm. moody and monologues while crushing cars. Yeah, this is when and this is when Andrew kind of really goes off the rails a bit. So this is when he goes into the school after Steve's funeral mm-hmm. and rips the bully's teeth yeah. out mm-hmm. psychically. So this is where he's really just and you see him. Yeah, he's filming himself, and he's well, he's always filming himself. Yeah. Like, but at this point, he describes himself as an apex predator, which mm. is that he considers himself to be a higher form of life now that he's got these powers. So he thinks that all the people who like pick on him and bully him are like beneath him. So mm-hmm. he's kind of in his own mind justifying his behaviours, uh, and it's leading him down a very dark path. Yes. I've been doing a lot of reading, you know, like online about like, like just like evolution and like and natural selection and how like there's this thing, right? It is called the apex predator. Right, and basically what this is is the strongest animal in the ecosystem, right? And and, and as human beings, we are we're considered the apex predator, but only because like like smaller animals can't feed on us because of weapons and stuff, right? The lion does not feel guilty when it kills a gazelle, right? You do not feel guilty when you squash a fly. And I think that means something. I just think that really means something. So in conjunction with this, uh, his mom, uh, she gets worse. Mm-hmm. And um, so he decides to, to get the money for her medication to try to help out. So he grabs his dad's uh, old firefighting gear and goes out and starts to uh, rob some, I guess, some bullies that it kind of mentions earlier in the film that they don't matter well so he the, the, those ones look like a gang so they look more like drug they yeah. look older like, yeah. like petty drug dealers like, yeah yeah i don't know how he expected them to be carrying 750 dollars in cash on them when they just seem to be dealing oh, a bit no. of weed yeah. but anyway. <laughs> maybe yeah i guess it's a starting point yeah yeah 
I like how uh, so... I like how sorry I like how he gets they do show him getting into this full like costume of his dad's firefighting gear like and then immediately the bullies go is that Andrew like, yeah <laughs> yes. like, his disguise yeah, does like not that. work yeah. straight away like yeah. he's wearing Andrew's backpack yeah. <laughs> yeah and like he's wearing a clear mask yeah <laughs> awful disguise yeah and also not helpful when in the next scene he he lights himself on fire no like he is seriously yeah. burnt yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah he goes he he tries to rob them doesn't get enough money and then he goes to rob a gas station mm. uh and the guy pulls a shotgun on him he throws it away and that makes the gun shoot a propane tank and boom so he's in the hospital now with mm-hmm. severe burns despite wearing a fire retardant suit mm-hmm. um and he's under I'm surpri- investigation i'm surprised his face wasn't more messed up yeah because i really felt like they were going for like the villain with the burnt, messed up face. It was more so, his arms, wasn't it? I yeah, guess it was. I, I, yeah. This, this film obviously was shot on a low budget. I think there's more than the prosthetics. You know? They yeah, wanted to put true, that true, yeah, yeah. in other things, that money that they had. So, yeah, yeah, just wax some sleeves on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either that or they wanted his uh, his real performance to come through in his face. Yeah, that's it's, true. If you turn him into a face, it might take away from it a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. So, so he's in the hospital and his dad tells him that his mother died and he blames him for it mm-hmm. <clears throat> while well, he's unconscious possibly the the worst father-son moment in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the history in of history. cinema he is a shitty yeah. shitty dad yeah yeah i mean he's because playing... like it starts off that moment it's like he's you know sad that uh that that andrew's in hospital there and knocked out and stuff and he's like i was looking for you all night and stuff like that and i was like oh the dad's come through this is sweet and yeah, then he's about like, you know yeah and then it's really much just like your mum died and that's your fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely took a yeah, turn. It's rough. Yeah. Well, he's, he's the dad is played by that guy from House of Cards. So I mean, mm. I was instantly primed to dislike him. Yeah. Yeah, because he he's like the most awful character in House of Cards. So. Is he? Well, I mean, is he's he? like the he's he's in the top three, he's but definitely. he's number three. Really? Oh well, that's a separate podcast, I guess. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was primed to dislike him anyway. Like, so it, it wasn't hard for me to believe that he was a really shitty dad. Like, yeah. He's yeah. not worse than Kevin Spacey. Well, not in real life. You know? Or in House of Cards. Well, <laughs> he's like slimy. Like There's no charisma to that character. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we digress. <laughs> so Matt is at a birthday party with his girlfriend. and um... I, I had questions about this because, sorry, the mum has died. And he said the mum died yesterday so there's been so well obviously we assume andrew has been in the hospital being treated and stuff so some time has passed since the mother has died these two are yeah. cousins mm-hmm. so yeah. matt's mom has either lost her sister or her sister-in-law it's never established mm. she clearly doesn't know mm. like they're just like having a little party yeah, yeah. again just like plot holes i was like you're not thought to tell your immediate family that your wife is dead and your son is in the hospital. I mean, he is a shitty dad, so maybe he just doesn't think... Yeah, maybe he's just not in touch yeah. at all with his sister. Fair enough, yeah. Um, if okay. that's the relation, but yeah. So, mm-hmm. Sure. Know. Anyway, okay. I'm nitpicking. Mm. Yeah. So, so they're at a birthday party for some, some kid that yeah. they both know. Um, and uh, Is it Kirsten Dunst with the perfect hair, maybe? She's there. Yeah, it's, it's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. His now girlfriend, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gets a nosebleed. And then he he can't stop it, and he's he's talked to her, so he feels like something's wrong with Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they then, go to the hospital. Well, no, no. Then there's a news flash, isn't there? Yes, that there's been an oh, explosion yeah, at the hospital. Yeah. yeah, it's like breaking news. Yeah, I'm just wondering what channel were they watching? Yeah, um, at this birthday party that would actually put a news flash up. No, it's a local design. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a 
it's a local emergency. You never know. They might just put it on all channels. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess. So they see Andrew's floating outside the uh, hospital. And he's a, he's about to... Uh, Andrew's about to, to, to drop his dad from holding him up high. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does. Yeah. And yeah, he... Matt saves him at the last second. Mm-hmm. Apparently in the... The original script, what he was supposed to do was he was supposed to kill his dad the same way he kills the spider, like just rip him to shreds. Oof. But they decided they decided to drop that because it would have made the film too gory, and they wanted to get it like a PG thirteen kind of rating. So, yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I think to be fair, that yeah, yeah, I think it's good that this film doesn't go too far into like serious gore. But uh, mm. yeah, yeah, interesting change. Mm-hmm. So after that, they it's pretty much they're they're fighting and flying through the city. Um, Andrew's full supervillain now. Yeah, he he's broke bad. It's very much Man of Steel. Like, let's just let's just uh, flatten a city completely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a landmark! A landmark! Quick, go land on it and yeah. punch. Yeah. <laughs> it made me yeah. think somehow, for some reason, of um, this is really random. But we saw the film Glass recently. Mm, yes. And the film, it never actually happens, but the film keeps promising there's going to be like a big fight on the top of the big tower. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is the scene. Yeah, yeah. This is what it, what Glass should have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so speaking of uh, landmarks, the you're at the Seattle Space Needle, mm-hmm. and um, Matt tries to reason with Andrew, and it just. I mean, Andrew's gone. He's full on. Yeah. Full on evil. At this um, point, he's smashed all the windows in the Space Needle or whatever you called it. And yeah. he's taken everybody's phones and he's now filming. Just for some reason, he's filming everything. Yeah. Um, mainly for us. Yes. So that we so that <laughs> yes. we can see different cinematic angles of how things are looking. I mean, I'll, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'll, I'm probably we'll talk about the use of the camera when we finish the plot summary. But this is oh, yeah. these were the parts when it stretched a little bit, yeah. <laughs> big time. Yeah. Although I like, I did like the use of like CCTV, like they they cut it between like CCTV and news footage. That mm. that made that made it quite. You saw it from different angles and yeah, the, that, that worked. I like yeah. that. Did anyone else get a but, weird inappropriate laugh when it cut to a like in, indoor security camera and then just like blasting through a wall. Yes. It, just, it did make me chuckle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was like. weird because there was just like no sound or anything. No, it yeah. was just a big change. Yeah. Mm. So so they're all up in the air with apparently just the, the most high-end cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got the latest smartphone. Mm-hmm. Well, the girlfriend's there too still shooting her video log, her vlog, her vlog. I keep saying vlog, I'm yeah. so old. Huh? <laughs> yeah, does, he has her uh, in a car, I think, and then yes. raises raises her up to the top mm-hmm. um yeah and she she holds the camera through all of this yeah um yeah which you know matters. well well done to her for, for doing it because you know then we get to enjoy it a bit yeah but like and it will go viral if she lives so certainly yeah, yeah. um yeah. but like when she is literally getting yanked out of the car by her superhero boyfriend because her superhero boyfriend's cousin is crushing the car and trying to throw it off a skyscraper mm-hmm. Also, remarkably steady hand. Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is cool as a cucumber. But again, thankful. Thankful. I, yeah. I, I am very thankful for her. So, <laughs> yeah, well done to her. <laughs> so, ultimately, it ends up with kind of like a police standoff, and Andrew uh, using his powers around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that he's going to just kill a bunch of people with what he's about to do. And I've got to say, the um, film would would be. Would have a very different ending um, if instead of Steve dying in the middle, it was somebody else. 
Because at this yeah. point, during all the police standoffs, they would have not lasted so long. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. It's like, oh, he's, lucky, he's so lucky he's a white kid in yeah. this situation. It would have been like a very abrupt ending of was like, Yeah. Hmm. Well, so I thought, it had been so long since I seen this movie, I thought Steve was in the final act uh-huh. as well, and they were all fighting together, and that's when mm. he died. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Which I think, I mean, I'm not saying Michael B. Jordan was carrying the movie, uh, it does fine on its own. He was helping it, was it along. A highlight of it, yeah. Yeah. The... So I think it, it would have made it. It could have made it better mm-hmm. had that been the case. The film would have been a lot worse if it wasn't for him being in it. Yeah. But then when he's not yeah. in it, the film still it carries the momentum. Yeah, because he's not. Yeah. He's not the lead. Andrew's definitely the lead. Mm-hmm. But Michael B. Jordan, obviously, as we've discovered for his career subsequently, is a movie star. And mm-hmm. you know, even though he wasn't a movie yeah. star at this point, he still had that movie star like watchability. That I think just. People you either have it or you don't. Yeah. And he really has it. So, yeah, I know. The film would be way too boring. Even if the last act was exactly the same, it would yeah. be way too boring if you didn't have the, the high that Michael Jordan had brought in. Definitely, yeah. He's very charismatic in this. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I'm not saying he carries the movie, mm-hmm. but he, he does a lot for it. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, anyways, so back to how it actually ended. Um <laughs> I couldn't tell you the statue, some kind of statue with the dude holding a spear. Look like, yeah. looked like Wonder Woman to me. Yeah, yeah the statue of Wonder Woman, Harry. They'll yeah. have them in every city in America. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so Matt has no choice, but he just he uses his powers to shove the spear from the statue straight through Andrew. Mm-hmm. And that's it. He's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Matt gets up and flies away and, and goes off on his gap year yeah <laughs> he goes backpacking yeah, yeah. yeah. so so but he, he's he's in tibet where in, in earlier in the film andrew mentioned that he wanted to go um so he's he just kind of he says his goodbyes to to andrew and just leaves the camera there and just goes away mm-hmm. mm. and that's it and that's the film yeah that's it, that's Chronicle. Yeah. A nice short film as well. Yes, it was, I always appreciate, yeah. like, a 90-minute movie. Mm. I was like, great. Less than that, 80. Yeah, exactly. When I looked at the runtime, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, fuck God, I've watched so many, like, two-hour pluses recently. It's so mm. nice to just be like, oh, I can do, this is going to be over in an hour. Not in, a, like, not in a negative way, because it was a really good film, mm-hmm. but it really didn't wear out its welcome. Like, because especially with fan footage, I know it's not fan footage, but these kind of films, you, you can get sick of the format quite quickly, I think. So. Oh, yeah. I think it's really good to keep it tight, and there was very little fat on this, which I appreciated. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, good film. Good yes, film. it was. I'm uh, I'm very glad that we've, we we we've now done, now done it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good one to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, any more thoughts before we get to drinking games? Uh, not that won't be covered in what we're gonna go over. Oh sure, yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, all right, well I'll start drinking games. Uh, first one I've got is drink for bad special effects. Okay, what? Which one stood out to you as uh, uh, questionable? The baseball at the start. I did see some strings. I'm sure I, I saw some strings. I don't know. Well, no, because it looked really CGI. Oh, like, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. It, it didn't look like it was there because it wasn't. Sure. And yeah, I don't okay. know how they got that one so bad because some of the other ones were great, mm. and yeah. that and that one didn't look like it was difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. And I think it's one when they're flying. There's one definitely when I was like, I'm, I'm sure I just saw a string. Like, there's some there's some dodgy green screens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's for certain. Like anything, yeah. like in the sky amongst the clouds, it looks 
it doesn't look good. No. no. Or in the in the uh, toy store when they're messing with their powers at first. Uh, yeah. I think the, the the floating teddy. Bear. That was it. The floating teddy yeah. bear was the one when I was it's like, yeah, bad. That's, yeah. Bad strings and green screen. Yes, that's that's <laughs> the one I was thinking of. You're absolutely right. Is when they use the teddy bear to scare that little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who would be fucking hell yeah. imagine if that happened yeah. you'd be scared yeah. shitless for life, forever yeah. <laughs> never look at a teddy bear again no <sighs> anybody else uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you uh, I've got a drink every time there's an inexplicably dynamic shot from a floating camera yeah. <laughs> nice yep this is actually, I was thinking that given he's not actually looking down the lens of the camera he never like gets anything half out of shot it's always perfectly in shot oh yeah yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if it's even, even to try to justify if he's got one of those cameras that the screen flips around at the front. Mm. Even then, he's not looking at it like a hundred percent of the time. No, he's not. He's just. He should have gone into filmography mm. uh, to make all that money for his uh, mom's medicine. <laughs> he would have. You can hire one guy to get seven different shots as good as they were. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he should just move to LA. Yeah. Would have been a very fruitful career. You should go into sports. Yeah, well, that too, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a similar one, which is uh, drink every time you wonder why some why they're still filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. in the second half of the film. Like, they justify it a lot. Like, I'm a, that's got, I've got a side drinking game, which is drink every time someone comments on the camera. Yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, especially just, like at the funeral, like, why are you filming this? Like, yeah. When he's just like sadly yeah. walking up through the grass and you see the camera just presumably floating behind him like a little Roomba or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's the thing with found footage films or, you know, these kind of these kind of films. They always tend to box themselves into a bit of a corner where it's like you, they have to constantly justify why someone's filming. Mm. So I think this film did it better than some others, but uh, yeah, it definitely... I don't know. Do you, do you think it needed to be a footage film? Like, no, no, it, it didn't. Like it just, I could see why they made that choice to justify the low budget of it and so mm. they didn't have to show like full special effects. And it is kind of a character beat for Andrew as well that he kind of uses it as like a shield, a barrier he says against the world. But mm-hmm. I don't know, could it just have been like, look, it's a low budget superhero movie. We're just going to, well, or not a superhero movie, a low budget, you know, sci-fi movie. Mm. I feel like they could have got around it in other ways that would have been a little bit less distracting. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right there. Mm. Anyway, so next one I've got is drink any time they film something which could get brought up in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they are. There's so many things they do. They are absolutely engineering their own downfall, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Filming all I've of their got, crimes. I've got a drink every time someone gets hit in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. That happens a lot. Yeah, the scene where they're throwing the baseball at each other's faces, I was like, oh, yeah. this is why I hated being a teenage boy. Yeah, yeah. the shit they used to do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had a, just a digression. I, I had some friends, I remember when I was at university we stayed up drinking all night and then one of them had to go to work the next day and he was like, they just they were all like drunk straight boys and he was like, just punch me in the face, punch me in the face and then I say I got butted up and mugged and I was just watching these two guys literally punching each other in the face so they could say they've been mugged. I was like, just say you've got a cold, you idiot. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the level of moronic teenage behaviour. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, drink for product placement. Yeah, I had that one next. As yeah, well. I mean, there's one very obvious one. Well, what did you find? The Pringles. Yeah, the Pringles was the Pringles, the Pringles was, was pretty big. Yeah. yeah, it was the way. So there's a scene when they're all just hanging out eating Pringles and they use their magic powers, telekinesis, to like you know mm-hmm. eat the Pringles whole and stuff. It's you know it's it's all fun, but it's the fact that they they sat on like the bleachers and the, the Pringles package is very 
notice Very of being pointed prominent. to the camera. Yeah. And then it's when they lift it up and then they really awkwardly put it back down in the exact same position yeah. so that it's still facing... You, can definitely, <laughs> you must see the Pringles logo at all times. Yeah. It was the only one that really stood out to me, but it really made me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw a few uh, Coke um, mm. and uh, every, every phone was an iPhone. Well, yeah. Um, which is pretty standard for these. Oh, isn't there a bit when he's surrounded by floating Apple devices? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly all the shots are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that didn't that. I mean, it's 2012. The shots would be, like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the nose will be better than any other part of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, drink for moaning? Oh, from, from Andrew. Just anybody, really, but well, yeah. He, he is kind of a dweeb. Like, mm. <laughs> Or just, like, moaning or philosophy. Oh, I had that one drink every time someone defines a word. Like, yeah. Telekinesis is. Yeah. yeah. Like, because Matt's supposed... Is it Matt? Yeah, mm. Matt's supposed to be like this pseudo-intellectual. He's always talking about, hey, have you ever heard Kant's theory of the cave and all this kind of mm. stuff? And then, But then he doesn't know what the word telekinesis means. He has to look yeah. that, that up in a dictionary, which seems inconsistent. Well, why would he need to know? Well, I guess that's not. Maybe when that's it, the thing. He's so pretentious here. He doesn't really know that much, but what he knows, he just talks all the time. Mm. So, yeah. But yes, lots of word definitions. Uh, Lee? No, we've been over, yeah, we've been over sketchy CG. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's the view that I had. Sure, okay. Uh, my next one is drink whenever people talk about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> They're teenagers. That's what teenagers do. They're completely yeah, self-involved. <laughs> I wanted to know even, what... even when they're just being like, I'm different to everybody else. I'm oh, better than everyone. Yeah. But I liked that because that made like again, I like the fact that it let the teenagers be authentically awful teenagers because mm. yeah, Matt's whole thing about being like, Oh, I'm I've got all this cool you know, popularity, it's it's a mirage man and mm. she's just like it kind of annoyed me because at first I thought not Kirsten Dunster was going to like call him out on it a bit mm-hmm. and then she kind of does but then she's like then he's like oh man I really messed this up and she's like oh no not really I like you really because the plot <laughs> needs me to be your girlfriend yeah she she didn't have yeah. the most rewarding role in the film mm, not really no, no, just, no. And I, I keep harping on but her hair was so distracting it was so quaffed because <laughs> like, all, all the boys look like teenage boys they look, you know, I mean Michael Jordan looks like a the highest evolution of a teenage boy like he looked you great. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's like, the apex. He, he, he truly is an apex predator. But like Dane DeHaan and the other guy, they look kind of you know a little bit greasy, a little bit you know they're wearing baggy clothes. They mm-hmm. they, they look like slightly old, but still they look like you know mm-hmm. teenage. But she just looked like she'd walk straight off like a straight up a beauty parlor. Like mm-hmm. her hair, even when she's just answering the door, her hair is just like so quaffed. I was mm-hmm. just like eh. <laughs> distracted me. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, last drunk game I've got is drink for bad decisions. Oh yeah. Well, that's just the that's just drink for the whole movie. Pretty much, everyone's yeah. making yeah. bad decisions at every possible turn. Yeah. <laughs> Got any more? Uh, no, that's. I think we pretty much covered it. So. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, before we get to sequels, just want to let any listeners who don't really know know that we are available on Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee, you've uh, probably already heard of this, given you are one. Oh, yes, and um, oh, yeah. we thank you for it from the bottom of our hearts. It means a great deal to us that anyone chooses to support us and yeah. yeah so what lee does is he he has decided to donate as much or as little as he likes yes we'll keep the number um, to, um, yeah, to it to, to us uh, on, on, on a monthly basis mm-hmm. and to do so lee gets three different things he gets a bonus show every week called beyond beyond the box set mm-hmm. um lee what's the last thing we did on that uh what is the last thing i haven't listened to matter order i think there was aladdin was one of the last ones i listened i think to. aladdin's the most recent one and then oh, mar is coming we recorded mar the other day ah so yeah yes mar be coming in a couple oh, days yeah. from recording but i think this episode's going out in a bit yeah um yeah so we got the bonus show there we also 
um, once a month, which we are doing right now. A patron can come on the show. You can choose any film you like that is sequel-less or prequel-less or whatever. Yeah. Why have I done it this way around? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so you can do any film. If you want to guest on it, you're very welcome. You can come in from wherever in the world you are. Mm-hmm. If you happen to be nearby Leeds, then, you know, come into Don's apartment and uh, you can have a beer with us. Yeah, sure. Uh, Lee, are you having a beer right now? I mean, it's 7am, oh, yes, so... it's 8am. 8, it's 8 I'm, I'm definitely... Oh, in the back, yeah. Trying to, uh, to raise my kids in an environment like Andrew. Yeah. Look, well, <laughs> hey, cheers. no, no cheers. judgment here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, Lee. Yeah. Hey. Uh, what's the final thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, once a month, every patron gets a 30-second advert slot that, they, that comes on the main show where they can advertise anything they want. It can be their own podcast, their own business... Or somebody else's podcast, whatever. Whatever you want to talk about yeah. for 30 seconds. Yeah. Lee, do you want to talk about something for 30 seconds? What Maybe you your podcast? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, do a podcast called uh, Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's just me talking to other content creators, streamers, cosplayers about uh, why we love this series so much and, and how it impacts us. And it's it's gotten into some uh, cool areas where even if you don't like the game series, there's some subject matter in there that's that's still pretty cool, whether it be streaming on something like Twitch or just, you know, making cosplay in general or fan art or music. Mm. Oh, cool. Uh, where can we find your podcast? Uh, on iTunes, and you can uh, find us on Twitter at Podcast Hearts, and that's it. Cool. So that's Connected Hearts on iTunes, yeah. Cool, great. Yeah, check it out. So, thanks very much, Lee. Great stuff. All right. So now, uh, sequel pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to go first? You or me, John? Uh, I don't mind. Lee, are you kids go in the middle. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. What, what's your uh, preference? Sorry. You go first. I'll go first. Okay. Cool. So I need some help with the title for mine. We'll we'll workshop a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. But my basic idea was, um, I think I was thinking about this film and how it is very much in the kind of comic book slash superhero realm even though it's not it's an original property Mm -hmm. but it it definitely has the feel of like a superhero origin movie which we see you know we've seen a lot of versions of i think this is a quite original version but we see you know so many marvel films and you know so many dc films so many all these films show you the you know a bunch of young people or a a young person finds a superpower you know develops a superpower somehow Mm -hmm. and then it's how they deal with it and it's it's a film we see all the time and I got to thinking, why does this always just have to be young people? Mm-hmm. And I guess I know like Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't the youngest, but you know a lot of them, t- it tends to be younger, younger people. Uh, so my idea of this is kind of like a version of this film, but instead of three teenagers, it's three old men. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I'm sold trying, already. Yeah, this, I'm, this is going to be fantastic. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Um, so I'm thinking it's like Chronicle meets The Expendables is kind of the vibe I was going for. Okay. So have you got a cast? Yes, I do. So my my central trio is going to be Jeff Bridges, mm. Steve Buscemi, yeah. and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, yeah, he's always a good shout. Yeah? Yeah. I was thinking of three like, rough analogues to... But is Samuel L. Jackson playing his actual age? As opposed to... Oh, yeah, he's not a, digitally de as, as opposed to yeah. what, what he looks like. Yeah, he's playing... He, yeah, he's 17, he plays. Yeah. So I think he's like 70, 71 at this point. So, yeah. I mean, he, we can certainly comment on the fact that he still looks amazing. Like, sure, yeah. He doesn't need to like be aged up artificially, but mm-hmm. he is playing his authentic age in this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was thinking of like three, you know, rough analogues. So yeah, Jeff Bridges is obviously going to be uh, Matt, the, you know, the more chilled out, you know, the cool... Oh, so it's just... What is it, a remake or... It's not a remake, but it's it's got parallels. Okay. Like, it's not a sequel in the set. I, I don't think it's going to really 
acknowledge the original. Maybe it could have mm. little nods. Maybe maybe they exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe there's like those aliens or whatever those things are are cropping up all over and people have discovered yeah, them. Yeah, I like that. All over the planet, so, yeah. So, yeah, it's not tied in too closely to the original, but so it's not a straight remake, but it's kind of hitting similar plot beats is kind of the, mm. the vibe I was getting with it. Uh, so Jeff Bridges is going to be kind of the matte one, the kind of the slightly cooler one, or the one who thinks he's a bit cooler, a bit of a slacker. Steve Buscemi is obviously the Dane DeHaan. <laughs> the comparison is clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson, you know, is definitely the, the suave kind of, you know... Um, oh, wait, his name's gone out of my head. Michael B. Jordan? Michael, he's the, the suave Michael B. Jordan type. Makes so, sense, yeah. yeah. So they are a trio of recently retired cops. Mm-hmm. Who oh, go, cops, okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. who go on a cave diving excursion mm. for some reason. Maybe to celebrate their retirements or something, I don't know. Okay, now, their hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to think, are they, they going to talk about what they did the day before they retired? Oh, just, I hope so. Just because yeah. then it could be like, oh, I was one day away from retirement and then this happened and mm. they talk about all the crazy things, you know. Well, my thought, well, actually, my thought... Alan Rickman took control of a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my thought was actually that they're actually three cops in a very quiet town and uh, they've had a very uneventful careers like yep. you know they've, they've just been very run-of-the-mill cops they've never really seen a whole lot of action sure and maybe that can be something that's a running joke where they're kind of like oh man i did like 50 years on the force and the most exciting thing that ever happened was i pulled over a woman for speeding or something yeah. it was like it didn't really you know the life of a crime fighter never really was what they expected it to be mm-hmm. so and now they're retired and like you know they feel like the best years behind them yeah but they go on this cave diving trip just as you know buddies to you know that's the thing and it's also going to be a footage film mm-hmm. so they're going to be filming everything and I think this is going to make it make more sense that they'd be using like old fashioned video cameras because they're all old men. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because okay. then like he's carrying around this really old, you'd, you'd think he'd, in 2012, he'd, the Dane DeHaan character, Andrew, mm. would just use, I know it's not what they are today, but it's still, he'd probably just use an iPhone. Mm. But he's carrying around a full, you know, on his back, mm-hmm. on his shoulder, sorry, full video camera. So I feel like that could make more sense if it was old men who they're just using oldie 80s video cameras because mm. they just can't figure out how to work these newfangled smartphones mm-hmm. so yeah yep that like everybody gag and like maybe it could like have little jokes throughout like maybe at one point the filming just stops for like three hours because the tape runs out and they have to spend hours <laughs> looking around for the last store that still sells vhs you know <laughs> can there be a scene where they hand it over to one person who's not filming like maybe they hand it over to samuel jackson or something yeah and he doesn't realize that he is pressing like record yeah. but he's pressing it at the wrong times yeah so like he's He's only recording when nothing's happening. And then as soon as everybody's ready to like start filming, he puts the camera up. We see everybody and then the film stops. Absolutely. The focus is going to be in and out all over the place. Yeah. There's going to be fingers on the lens. Yep. Be, yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, it sounds horrible to watch. Yeah. yeah. But... You know, we'll, we'll, we'll parcel it out so that it's just it. every now and again, it's got a little bit of a, yeah. a joke to it. But yeah. Anyway, so while they're down there, shockingly, they encounter a strange glowing object in an abandoned cave that causes them all to temporarily black out. Okay. Much like the original. And when they come around, they get out of the cave, and as the, over the following days, weeks, months, they start to exhibit mysterious powers. Mm-hmm. Now, because they're all in the like, 60s and 70s, these powers initially manifest a little differently. Mm. So like, maybe at one point, Samuel L. Jackson's like, check it, I've not been to the bathroom in three hours. <laughs> you know, the bladders are getting stronger. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're, um, their backs are straightening out again. They, uh, they suddenly understand how to use modern TV remotes. Okay, yeah. Their erections come back, which their wives <laughs> are thrilled about. <laughs> it's all, so, you know, lots of middle-aged humour. Mm-hmm. I think we can go with that. Uh, but then they do, as they get stronger and stronger, they actually develop real superpowers. Similar to what we saw in the film, it's telekinesis, it's super strength, it's the ability to fly, it's all this kind of stuff. 
And then we get a kind of, as I mentioned, it turns into kind of a Marvel, typical Marvel origin story meets the Expendables meets Chronicle kind of thing where because they've had such boring careers and they've never really done any real crime fighting, now they're suddenly middle-aged superheroes Mm -hmm. or old-age superheroes. So I think because they're not going to be teenage boys, they're not going to be just, you know, messing things up and being pranksters. They're Mm going to be living out their fantasies of solving crime. Yeah. And yeah, and at first they kind of love it. And maybe, I was also thinking, maybe this exists in like either the MCU or in some kind of universe where there are other superheroes. And maybe these superheroes are all like young and then they'll these new superheroes come onto the scene a little bit and everyone's a bit bemused by, who are these guys? Like, mm. who are the, and these, these, because they're old men, they're really stubborn, they're not interested in joining any kind of, you know, Avengers-style collective. They just, they just want to do their own thing. So mm-hmm. they're, they're just grouchy and they think they know better than everyone, basically. So Yeah. Like, you know how in Deadpool they used some minor X-Men? Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure we're not going to get the full Infinity War cast in this, but <laughs> maybe, like, a couple of the smaller characters can pop up and be like, and just have little cameos. Yeah, like, it could totally happen. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought that could be could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, at first they're loving it. You know, they've never felt this young and alive before and they're flying around their town solving all kinds of crimes. Mm-hmm. But ultimately they do start to abuse their powers a little bit. They start taking the law into their own hands a little bit too harshly and you know, they're maybe arresting people who don't really need to be arrested and they're mm-hmm. over, you know, they're turning the town into a little bit of a police state, basically. I think that if you were to... If if you wanted some kind of a cameo or a guest appearance from some other superhero, mm-hmm. it should be somebody who could be a bit more of a mentor to them, but also with the right mood. I'm thinking Zachary Levi's Shazam. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, because like he'd been mentored a little bit by I guess I mean his like friend, but mm-hmm. then also Superman comes onto the scene. Yeah. So for this, Zachary Levi is now being this mentor, but they're also like they find out he's 12 or whatever, and then they're all talking down to him, even yeah. though he's been a superhero for longer than them. And That could be fun, yeah. Mm. yeah I think he's probably the, got the level of humour that could mm. could fit into this universe, I'm kind of imagining. Yeah. So, uh, okay, yeah, I could see that. Mm. Let's bring it. He's probably cheaper as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this is obviously going to get made. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, they start to abuse their powers a little bit. They start to become kind of a little bit authoritarian in the town, and people start to resent them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, so obviously Steve Buscemi is going to be ordained to Han, like I mentioned. So he's maybe been divorced for several years and he doesn't really see his kids very much. Um, who are all obviously adult kids now or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he uses his powers to attempt to win back his ex-wife, even though she's like happily remarried. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's moved on. She has no interest in getting back with him whatsoever. They had a you know quite a messy divorce. And she's now remarried to Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Not the right. actor, but the, the, to <laughs> a character played by Pierce. Wow, Brosnan. she's done well. Yes, yeah, she's really moved up. No, because I feel like Pierce Brosnan is. It seems like he's been in a lot of movies where he's like the second husband, like the swap, like in Mrs. Doubtfire, like you know he's mm-hmm. the the trading up, you know, the second husband when the wife's traded up, and mm-hmm. for the other one to like look on him jealousy. So, mm-hmm. and so he learns that his superpowers can't solve his problems. His kids don't like him any better. They find him just embarrassing, and you know. And he starts to act out in increasingly destructive ways. Okay. And uh, yeah, I feel like it could then follow the original where maybe Steve, the other two were, you know, they're, they're crossing the line in their own ways, but they're generally on the side of good. But then Steve Buscemi's character goes on a bit of a dark spiral, mm. maybe develops a major drinking problem, or maybe he always had a major drinking problem. It just continues to spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. Maybe he ultimately, like, yeah, maybe he accidentally kills Pierce Brosnan and that sends him off on the, over the edge. Yeah. And then he goes on a whole killing, a whole killing spree and the other two are forced to very sadly put him down and mm. then uh, they realise that they should use rein it in and use their powers for good and maybe listen to more young people who are telling them how to you know <laughs> yeah I like how it how to behave so yeah. okay great so that's Chronicle 2 um, I-, I needed some something like I thought of Chronic Chronic that's good yeah Chronic yeah. back pain yeah. Yeah. yeah okay yeah Chronicle 2 
Chronic. Yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> or just it could just be called Chronic. I, th- I think that works better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's my idea. It's just basically The Expendables meets Chronicle. Hmm. It works very well. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lee, what have you got? All right. So I I wrote half of this a while ago and I tried to finish the other half. So please interject because it's, it's not very good. I thought, um, I thought you were about to say, I wrote half of this a while ago and then the dog ate it. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not an excuse, Lee. Not an excuse. <laughs> I come through, I finish it off. Um, no, so, uh, well, first, my first idea was to tie every found footage style movie into one cinematic universe. So, like, Cloverfield and... and, and, and uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And I was like, nah. Um, <laughs> Good attitude. And, yeah. So, uh, this idea I have... Um, yeah, like I said, interject as it goes through, but I've I've written probably too many pages um, for this, so I'll, I'll skim through. Um, basically, this is Chronicle, mm-hmm. um, but it's got two eyes, so it's uh-huh. Chronicle 2. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, Matt... <gasps> like the Roman us. numeral of... I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. All right, yeah. There so we go. It looks like Chronicle, um, <laughs> which is kind of how I feel about this overall plot. Um, mm-hmm. So Matt has spent the last uh, six years traveling the world, um, trying to do good as he can, stay out of the spotlight, given mm-hmm. uh, how the first film ended, um, as well as searching for answers to what happened to them. Uh, one day, he hears of the the first hole in their hometown kind of reopening up in the same spot. Maybe it's a social media post. Maybe he kind of feels it telepathically calling to him. Uh, but he goes to investigate um, and then starts getting kind of flashbacks over the first film. And uh, similar to the first film, he passes out and he wakes up a week later in the hospital, joined by uh, his previous girlfriend Casey and guarded by the police and some generic government agency which you guys want to give me a government agency name oh big daddy corp yeah it's, it's a bit of a big one. daddy corp it is yeah. <laughs> all right so uh Casey tells Matt a little bit about the the time that's happened um and then he is then questioned by an agent from Big Daddy Corp. So oh, yeah, it's been out of Big Daddy episode for quite a while. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it's nice to bring you back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Harry uh, <laughs> and John, you guys give me like the name of the character and uh, who would play them. This character is just a name, so personality would be whoever plays it. So, so what's the role? Uh, an, an agent that works for this uh, government agency. Okay. Okay. His first name is Agent. Yeah. Agent. Agent. Okay. Yep. He's Agent. Agents. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, no no no! His first name is just the initial A. Okay. His surname is Gent. Oh, I I see. So he's Andrew Agent Andrew Gent. Or yes. Something. Yes. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> who's he play a good government agent? Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Oh yes, that's good. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bendo Mendo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so he talks to Matt, and it turns out um, that Andrew's body was taken for testing in a kind of Area 51 style place, mm-hmm. um, and that is surrounding a separate hole. And that is a plot point that falls off because, like I said, I wrote this at two different times. <laughs> so you'll see. I'm not a very good writer. But, okay, sure. Well, um, we'll leave that open for like a B plot or something. Yeah. Yeah, so Casey and Matt plan an escape. 
and manage to get away and return to the original hole. Uh, they journey into it to find Andrew there. Uh, he's standing, um, and like his wounds are like replaced with like the crystal and viney stuff from like the first film. So he looks a bit, a bit different, a okay. bit more sinister. Is this film how long after the original film did you say this takes place? Uh, just like a couple years. So it's like it's like present day. So okay. So is Andrew been alive the whole time? Or is he now rotted down to kind of like a zombie sort of thing? What, what yeah, What's the he deal looks, here? Is he, he dead? A bit, yeah, well, so they took his body before it was ever confirmed dead. Um, but basically they were just studying what they thought was a corpse and eventually it woke up. Okay. Um, okay. Does he still have a giant hole in his chest from that spear or is that healed over? No, that's that's where the crystal and vine stuff are coming out. Oh, I see. So okay. it's like, yeah. Almost like it's patched up. He's right. patched up with the, the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt tries calling out to Andrew, uh, and he gets no response, and then there's a sudden burst of energy and light, and they're thrown outside of the hole, and it's gone, similar to the first film. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt and Casey are found by Agent Gent, um, <laughs> and they reluctantly agree to help uh, stop Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, Andrew... Uh, begins to regain his power it's almost like he's got to kind of recharge and he uh he wants to try to hone some new powers that potentially that come with the the crystalline divining stuff so he goes back to his uh childhood home and he walks past uh his parents room and, and sees the bed where his mother used to lay all the time and he gets kind of flooded over with emotions all this power and he couldn't save her is kind of what he's mm-hmm. feeling so his dad comes home, who's now in a wheelchair. Um, his father is shocked and confused and angry, obviously, seeing uh, Andrew back. So he begins to shout at him, and faced with this in conjunction with his the, the memories he's feeling about his mom, he just gets, you know, I mean, you've seen the first film. You can expect yeah. where he's going. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's not really had a lot of personal growth between the films. He's still very much in supervillain, like, mega emo teen mode. It seems it's more like a conflict. Um, it's like uh, it's almost as if something else is taking over, and that's kind of like how should I say this? It's like it's like his anger and stuff gets heightened right. um, beyond his control. So it's like all that stuff would have happened, and, and if it wasn't the case, it, it wouldn't have ended as badly. But yeah, so so Andrew gets real worked up, like something's taking over him, and he raises his dad in the air. He's about to. Probably spiders uh, yeah. split him like was originally. Um, mm-hmm. He goes to do that, and um, he hears sirens in the distance, and it's the government agency, and uh, with uh, Matt and Agent Gent uh, tells them to go in and trank him and bring him back because they want to study him for whatever their big daddy corp needs are. <laughs> so they go inside and. Matt starts to talk to Andrew, and they he seemingly uh, starts to talk him down, and then one of the agents gets spooked and tranks him. Mm-hmm. Um, What's tranking someone? Like tranquilizer? tranquilizer. Oh, tranquilizer. Yeah. That's because the director yeah. of this film is called Josh Trank. Yeah. So that's an interesting... <laughs> yeah. Piece. yeah I, um, Put him in a really disappointing follow-up movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts to kind of pass out, but not before bringing the house down around them. Um... At the last second, uh, Matt saves Andrew, and he takes him off to a mountain in Tibet, oh. uh, where they can kind of talk. Mm-hmm. So Andrew wakes up uh, with Matt, and 
still a little bit sedated. Um, he starts crying and telling him that uh, he's uh, sorry about what's happened, and he's felt he's felt something inside of him beyond uh, what what had happened, almost as if something was controlling him. Andrew and Matt reflect uh, briefly over the events of the first film, and Andrew is very remorseful over the uh, what happened. Matt apologizes for what he did, and that kind of awakens something in Andrew. His eyes roll black, maybe, and so it's very evident that something else is at play here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they they punch a bit, uh, and... Uh, oh, so he's, like, possessed, so the apology... Yeah. He starts to get through to him, but then something takes over and he becomes possessed again and just becomes evil again. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so they fight a bit, and it's revealed that uh, Andrew's been uh, taken over by whatever is inside those holes that mm-hmm. they've found. Um, Matt, luckily enough, is able to uh, trank again with uh, one of the trank darts he had from mm-hmm. before. Uh, so Andrew is now kind of passed out again, and he feels like he's got no choice but to take him back to the government agency to kind of help figure things out. And obviously, this this last portion is definitely what I wrote. Um the second half so it's a whole lot there's not a lot of connection between the first part um and like i said i'm not a writer so it's, eh, it's also so so um so but as he begins to head back the ground kind of shakes and crumbles around him and him and andrew are swallowed into the ground and they find themselves in a massive cavern styled like the uh the hole that they were in before oh, okay. um, i see so it looks like uh like the holes from before, Andrew uh, starts to wake up, and uh, the two are told telepathically that the reason for their powers is that uh, an alien race, be an, a- <laughs> an alien race, whether it be a dimensional thing or interplanetary thing, doesn't matter, um, is the reason for their powers, and that they were using uh, Earth to kind of experiment and get cannon fodder for some kind of war they're fighting. Uh, I they see. Don't want to take over, they don't want to take over the world. They just need troops and to save their own people. So, so they've been brought up as soldiers, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the alien decides to uh, demonstrate the, the ultimate results of their experiment, and out of the shadows walks uh, Steve Montgomery, but he's just like four times the zombie crystal viney that Andrew was. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he he's gone. He's just it's just a body though. Mm-hmm. Right. Is this sure. to kind of also explain the fact that Michael B. Jordan's like twice the size as he was when he made yeah. this film now? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has beefed up. <laughs> yeah, so so they start fighting. It it seems very generic action. Um So this Andrew and Matt are fighting against Steve, so Andrew's fighting on the side of the good for the moment or uh, yeah, for the moment, but then then things kind of start to sway as like it's almost as if when he's sedated, it's he gets less of a, a control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as time goes on, he starts. You can tell he's getting taken over again. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, uh, it ends up with uh, Andrew and Steve against Matt, and Steve pins down Matt, and Andrew's holding a giant shard above him, and as he's about. To stab him, he actually swoops through Steve and into the alien creature that's inside the cavern. Mm-hmm. And Andrew says he can feel the connection of the uh, creature and him weakening, and the cavern starts to fall apart around them. And they get out, and this is about the end of the film. 
Mm-hmm. So they get out and they talk about what they're going to do next. And Matt and Casey are going to give Life on the Run a try together. And Andrew decides to retire himself into a life of solitude in Tibet like the monks. Probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> probably a good idea. Keep yeah. a low profile, I'd yeah. say. <clears throat> uh, post credit scene, because oh. I love Ooh. a good post credit scene. Don't we all? In the form of like kind of found footage, social media posts, you just see a bunch of people posting about all these holes popping up all around the world. Oh, and okay. then that's the real end. Yeah, okay. So the aliens aren't defeated. They're still they're still cropping up even after the after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Like like uh, essentially, my thought is that the one alien creature was in the one hole and controlling the the trio mm-hmm. of, of boys from the first film. Mm. But yeah. But you're setting up for a third film, which is going to be like a global epidemic of this alien yeah, takeover. It felt, yeah, at, at that point, like, it made sense to go there, but I wasn't a huge fan of where I went with it because it just felt like a generic kind of Independence Day type thing. And and I think not exploring the aliens is to a benefit of the original film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. And I, I wanted to do something kind of character driven, but I'm not a writer, so no. I couldn't. I, I couldn't pull it off. No, that was good. You, I think I think there's a good like redemption arc storyline in there, definitely for the for, for the Andrew character. I think having him, you know, having him and Matt kind of try and figure out some, you know, having having him kind of explain why he was the way he was and have him, yeah. I think it might be good if he actually sacrificed himself at the end to save uh, Steve and well, or certainly to save save Matt. That might be yeah, a good way I, to do it. I yeah, I toyed with that idea, but then I thought it would feel like a retread of the first film so that's the only reason well fair enough yeah. okay no i think that, i think there's definitely something in there that's got some uh, some potential yeah definitely that. didn't have a title oh yeah the chronicle with the two. Oh, that was uh, it yeah Ro- yeah Romeo. <sighs> yeah excellent no. i can imagine the poster so i like that yeah. i mean we know that josh trank isn't against it when he did uh fant full stick mm-hmm. yes yeah. indeed yeah that's, that's kind of where my thought was at. yeah yeah <laughs> God, that was a time. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Harry, I guess we're over to you. Okay. Um, right. Well, I've got three ideas. Okay. Um, they don't really have titles, and they probably won't. Uh, so, it's essentially a what if series. Okay. Each one is going to be a remake, but instead of having telekinesis, they get a different superpower. I see. Okay. Okay. So, the first one I've got is they each get telepathy. Okay. From the thing. So this one, all the telepathic powers instead, and we start in the garden where they're practicing their powers. Uh, the budget of the film becomes a lot smaller. Yeah. <laughs> mm. They tease the bullies by spreading rumours about them, but like <laughs> true rumours, um, instead of physically assaulting them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it turns out all the bullies, they're all actually super insecure. Okay, because that's good, because I, I was actually thinking what if... One idea I almost toyed with but then rejected was to mm. do the, it's the same film, but if it happened to three teenage girls. Uh, okay, like yeah. a Mean girl, mean Girls meets Chronicles scenario. Yeah. So I can see that where rather than like just physically abusing people and pulling out the teeth, they just, like like I said, they spread vicious rumours. Uh, oh, God, that'd be fantastic. Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, what what is the worst time in life for you, people supposed to read to your thoughts than being a teenage boy? Mm. Like, or to be a teenager in general? Like, mm. so I think there'd be loads you could do there with the three of them reading each other's minds and finding out stuff oh, that big they time, don't yeah. want each other to know about and like all their secret shames and stuff. Yeah. Like, that could be really interesting. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. Um, so the powers get a bit stronger, mm-hmm. and uh, now they can, to an extent, they can control people's minds. Okay. Um, you know, sort of tell them what to think and mm-hmm. sometimes what to do. Yeah. Um, as their powers get stronger, 
So the talent show becomes quite different. Oh, God. Um, where instead it's more of a psychic show. Oh, okay. With a few bits of hypnosis included. And, uh, you know, nobody really believes in it and it actually doesn't win. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's just fine. Like, yeah, yeah we've seen this all before. Like, yeah, we've all watched uh, Darren, is it Darren Brown. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But are they hypnotising each other or are they bringing people out in the audience? Oh, they're bringing they're like, people out in the you're audience. You're a duck. You're like, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Okay, but sure. still, it's like, nah, no. whatever. It's it's not as good as that punk band that was on. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Which is more realistic. Yeah, exactly. The should have been, <laughs> yeah. Like, they should have been like, nerds. Mm. <laughs> so Andrew goes around and he convinces the drug gang and the garage to give him all their money, you know, to sure, yeah. try and help his mum. But as he's walking away from the garage, the owner snaps out of it. And, uh, you know, the shotgun scene still happens. Andrew ends up back in hospital, mm-hmm. exactly as the first film happened. Uh, his dad comes. Andrew quite quickly snaps out of his coma mm-hmm. and convinces his, his dad to jump out the window. Okay. Uh, which he does. The final fight is actually between all three of them because Steve hasn't, hasn't died at all. Oh, good. More Michael B. Jordan. Always yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Steve gets killed by police almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, which spurs the other two to become villains and uh, avenge him by getting all the police to kill themselves. Okay. Oh, this is dark, Harry. This has gone really bleak. And like, they then become super yeah. villains together at the end. Okay. Wow. That, that started fun and got just <laughs> upsetting at the end. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, okay, so another one here. Uh, they all get the ability to shapeshift. Okay. Always uh, fun. Yeah. So they go to school and they shapeshift to become the bullies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then do loads of really embarrassing stuff. Um, <laughs> shapeshift into teachers, find the real bullies and ground them for months for mm-hmm. all the embarrassing stuff that they didn't actually do. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, the t- oh, I guess because they're filming themselves doing all the embarrassing stuff too. That makes it even better. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like the bullies are caught on camera like... Walking around with their pants down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so then, yeah, like they're grounded for public indecency and whatever else. I don't know. (laughs) Grounded. (laughs) Well, Well, no, it's detention, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, parents grind thing. But whatever. The talent show goes very differently because um, it turns out that, uh, you know, three teenage straight boys. They're probably just going to turn into supermodels and just have a bit of fun, aren't they? Oh, sure. So yeah. it actually turns into a fashion show. Okay. Oh, Is that what teenage straight boys would do? Become turn themselves into sexy women? So you could just play around. Okay, sure. Fair enough. Mm, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. The talent show becomes just a uh, a fashion show, and uh, again, it doesn't win because everybody's just weirded out. Yeah, understandably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Wait, here? Who Who are all these people? Where did they come from? What's, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the end of the film, the three boys, they've all abandoned their families completely okay. to go and live in Beverly Hills and are constantly pretending to be different celebrities. Oh, okay. That's good. They're all having major identity crises mm-hmm. as none of them manage to stay the same identity for very long. Mm-hmm. They all forget their original selves and the budget for the film goes purely on cameos. Oh, that's good. I like that idea. You could have like a load of cameos of like celebrities sending themselves up and being... They all get caught up in ridiculous scandals that they've not done. Like, mm. so. Yeah, that'd be really good. And not they all essentially are teenage boys, but they're kind of forgetting that they're teenage boys. Yes, so it's and where like, they came from and everything. Yeah, maybe they get really into like, the LA party scene. So like, mm. maybe one of them like turns into Meryl Streep and then goes into like a big Oscar party kind of thing, and then just yeah. does a huge amount of coke. And yeah. It's got, like, <laughs> yeah, that sort <laughs> that, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That could be, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and my third and final one I've got here unless you guys want to improv some at the end, mm-hmm. um, they all gain the ability to tell computers to do whatever they want. Okay. Quite a, a small superpower that was in Heroes. What, they become coders? Yeah. Pretty much, but just like they can, you know, touch a computer and it can do anything. Oh, okay, I see. 
So as teenage boys would, they all go straight to ATMs mm-hmm. and withdraw as much money as they can. Sure. I mean, that's probably what I do, to be honest. Well, yeah, well, yeah sure. <laughs> fine, yeah. Um, they, they all live long, happy lives, rich lives, um, where Andrew's mother gets all the medical treatment she needs. And uh, yeah, happily ever after. Yeah. They a boring all boring film. But, uh, they all, well, okay. they all essentially have to launder the cash to do so. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you just got cash and how are you going to suddenly pay for everything? With, you can't buy a house with cash. Well, sure, yeah. And so, yeah, in laundering all the money, it goes pretty well for, for Andrew and for, what's his cousin called again? Matt. Matt. But for Steve, being a, a black teenager in America, he gets framed mm-hmm. as some kind of drug kingpin. Oh dear. Which, you know, there's some evidence to prove it because he's got all this cash and he's mm-hmm. trying to launder it and he's not doing very well. Mm-hmm. So, mm, he goes to jail for a stint, but he breaks himself out pretty quickly. Sure. Just he gets hold of a computer or something, wipes his record clean, mm-hmm. changes his name or something like that. And then he starts a fight against racism, which begins by rigging elections all across the country. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, the majority of Congress, including the president, are all now black men and women. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is deported to Mexico, which is <laughs> where his birth certificate now says he's from. Um, and he's forced to declare himself bankrupt again. Oh, nice. And then they live happily ever after. Oh, what a utopian story. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Do you want to try and improv any more? If you can think of any, any superpowers. Other su- what other superpowers are there that this film didn't touch on? I've not, I've not got any more written down. Like teleportation, maybe? Teleportation's always a good one. Oh, yeah. So essentially they just all go backpacking. Yeah. It's like that classic yeah. sequel where it's just the, they just go around, around the world, you know? Yeah. It's like Chronicle 2, European Adventure or something. You know? Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Chronicle 2, Jumper. Jumper. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, Jumper. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other powers are there? Like... So if they've already super have speed, like, super speed. Yeah, what would that be? Super strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, a lot of them would just do very well in the Olympics. I was going to say maybe they could just yeah. all become like sporting superstars. Yeah, yeah. and then speed get, and strength would be either of those. And then they get caught up in like, um, what's that thing? Illegal? What's that thing? Lance Armstrong got caught doping. With? Doping. Mm. They all get yeah. suspected of doping because they're all far too superhuman for it to be credible. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got really. Yeah. But no, very good. Very, very good. Oh, thank you. oh maybe they shape shift into famous actual superheroes. So they actually use their powers. To, they start dressing up as like Superman. Oh, uh, right. So they're now Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Yeah. And, okay. Work. And uh, Michael B. Jordan's just present day Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. He just turned, makes <laughs> yeah. himself super buff. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could work. No, yeah, I think that's definitely got much potential. So, mm. uh, yeah, excellent. So no, no titles there, but just a, a trilogy of... Uh, what if scenarios? Pretty much, yeah. Cool. Okay, very good. Um, so yeah, listener submissions. I think I forgot to do listener submissions this week. Oh man! Did you? Ah, oh. oh, let me down, Harry. I've got completely, a few. Completely slipped my mind. I'm sorry. It's okay. I have a few. So Stuart Jip said, "Chronicle Two: Hooked on Chronics." Nice. So I guess that's the more just as massive stoners. I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, Adam Bailey said, "The Chronicles of Dipshit." That's like Chronicles of Riddick. They're all a bunch of dipshits. <laughs> Is it still Vin Diesel? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> He is just dipshit. That's his name. Uh, Mac McIntyre said, Chronic Tool. Chronic, the, the second C is a two. Nice. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Petzkow said, Two Cron, Two Ickle. Good. Yeah. Uh, Matt Cook said, Chronicle Two, still chronicling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Ben said, It's basically just the show Misfits. Yeah. Which it kind of, yeah. it kind of is, yeah. So then we've got some more fleshed out ideas. Scott Hillman said, So this sequel is a couple of years later. And the meteors that caused the teenagers to develop superpowers, so I mm-hmm. guess we're, it's meteors in this mm-hmm. version, have popped up all over the world. 
And hundreds, if not thousands of people have in fact developed powers, similar yeah. to the boys in the original. Okay. It only happens to young people, though, because old people's bodies can't handle it. Okay. Yeah. This sequel focuses on Andy, a genderqueer young person living in the south of America who has their own vlog on YouTube. Vlog. Yeah. Vlog. I, can't. I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't say vlog. It sounds wrong. For me, it's a vlog. Yeah, kids these days are just aren't using the right terminology. This is the hill I'm going to die. I'm just going to call it a vlog. Mm-hmm. Okay. This genderqueer young person in America has a, a, a vlog on YouTube that becomes quite popular in which they document the growth of their powers. Mm-hmm. But they're also kind of talking about how they have to cope with prejudice and hatred, not just against them because they are superheroes, but also because they are genderqueer and so it gets into all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And also how they cope with newfound fame as their videos become more and more popular. Yeah. And they actually start to use their powers for social justice causes to kind of help to, you know, support social justice. However, they end up being quite torn about how far they should go in using their powers, maybe potentially even abusing their powers mm-hmm. to promote social justice. Especially when a group of superpowered new people, like a bunch of young people uh, with powers, start planning a revolution. And they want Andy to be the, the face of the movement because Andy is a vlogging celebrity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of bringing in a lot of different things there. But like, what if you use these powers for good? But what if... Does the end justify the means? Mm-hmm. Is it are they yeah. going to overstep? And uh, yes, that that could be interesting, definitely. Mm. So yeah, that was quite an in depth one. So thank you that for that, Scott Hillman. Uh, Benjamin Sunday said, "I thought the original's found footage conceit wasn't quite justified enough. So my idea for a sequel would be to have a misanthropic film student getting powers and using them to make a film where he's the lead." although the audience will be able to recognise him as the villain straight away. Mm, okay, yeah. So ultimately he'd be using the telekinesis powers to control people's movements and force them to perform in his movie against Ooh, their will. Oh! So that's casts himself in the movie he wants to make where he's the lead and forces everyone else to act alongside him. Mm-hmm. His, I like that a lot. That's dark. Nice. Thank you, Benjamin Sunday. And Is that fa- the Disney live action remake of um, Pinocchio? Could be, yeah. Could be. It's, it's really going some places. <laughs> and finally, Matt Eckholm said, a documentary following Josh Trank trying to get funding for Chronicle 2 and throwing tantrums and tweet storms along the way. <laughs> oh. Be watchable, yeah. Oh, God, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those are our list of submissions for Chronicle. If you have any sequel ideas for Chronicle or any of the films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know. We will get on it. You can also contact us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And we have exclusive merchandise available to public. And our Patreon page is patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. Uh, now, we haven't actually planned this yet, Harry, because due to scheduling, this episode's going to come out a little bit after our disaster season wraps mm-hmm. up. Uh, so after that, I believe it's a you choice. It's a disaster movie season, by the way. The season itself is not a disaster. Oh, no, the season is a storming success, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's disaster movie season. Pun intended? But, storming success? Let's say yes. Okay. It's a geostorming success. Um <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, so this is probably going to be like a mid-July episode, so okay. do you have anything in, I'll put you on the spot, I mean we can re-record this later if not, do you have anything in mind, Joe? Uh, yeah, okay, so I've got a film that I've been uh, thinking about for a while, okay. that I've not seen, but from what I know of it, it's going to be a good time, Okay. and I think that you'll enjoy it. I'm sure it's been on your list too, it's Girls Trip. Oh yes, <laughs> oh okay, that's going to be good fun. Okay. Yeah, also not seen it, but it's definitely been on my list. Mm. So. I've heard really good things about it. Okay, mm. cool, okay, great stuff, so... Thank you, Lee, for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Do you want to one more time very quickly plug your podcast? Uh, Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast, and you can find us on iTunes and Twitter at Podcast Hearts. 
Great. So check that out. And yeah, so thanks again, Lee. And uh, we will see you next week for Girls Trip. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. We're just Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>